real world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels. Only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. Hello, geeks, and welcome to a live stream, hopefully, edition of Smack My Pitch Up, the podcast that reboots, remakes, reimagines, sequels, cycles, adapts uh, some of your favorite and least favorite properties from around the world. And uh, we're, we ran into some technical difficulties, which is part of the reason why we're running a little bit uh, long on uh, getting this on the live stream. Uh, we were supposed to start at eight. So hopefully uh, you guys are tuning in now. And uh, I don't know if you can see me and the Bruce or just me. So, Bruce, can can I he- say hello? Hello. How is everybody doing out there? Okay, cool. I, I can can't hear you. you. It's okay. You, can, you can't hear me? Oh, I can hear you. Oh, okay. I just can't hear everybody else. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, unlike a regular live show where there's a, I don't know, crowd, uh, we've got uh, a virtual crowd uh, that we're working with right now on uh, on our social media. So, uh Thank you so much for everybody tuning in. Again, sorry for the delay. Uh, we are really struggling trying to figure out how to get the uh, get the live streaming stuff going on. Uh, we're we're going to be able to at least kind of limp by tonight. It's going to be a little bit better tomorrow, I believe. So we'll we'll see. But uh, for this episode, we're going to be talking at length about a cult classic favorite of. <laughs> Probably most people that are um, into Smack My Pitch Up, uh, we're talking about yeah. the Tim Burton classic, Beetlejuice. Yes, Beetlejuice is one of uh, Tim Burton's best films. Uh, I don't care what anybody says about Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton's Beetlejuice is the best. I, um, I have somebody over here as peanut gallery who's going to give me crap the entire episode. Don't worry about it. Um, so yes, uh, Beetlejuice is an absolute classic from 1988. Um, even before you really knew who Tim Burton was, this was the film. It, it really was. I, when I was a kid and watching Beetlejuice, I had no idea about, uh, Tim Burton and the Burton verse, you know, all, all of his, uh, movies that may not be connected, uh, as far as their storyline goes, but they are definitely connected in their, uh, in their tone. <laughs> it feels like it's part of the same universe. Yeah, it kind of does. Uh, dark. So, yes. <laughs> it's it's dark, but it's in this very particular way. Now, I don't think this is the first time that we've done a Tim Burton movie on Smack My Pitch Up. So we've gone at length about how it's like this childlike wonderment meant with like this depraved, demented kind of like dark tone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Beetlejuice is actually one of the movies where it's even darker than normal. I mean, this was, I think, PG-13, but he says, nice fucking model. He's lecherous as fuck. Beetlejuice is so well, lecherous yeah. in this. Well, God, yeah. um, and Michael Keaton, you know, he he really, like, fully went for it in this role. He did not hold back at all. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, he, go ahead. oh, so, so like, the idea of how to even adapt this, I mean, it's such a Tim Burton-esque movie, and Michael Keaton is such a Beetlejuice. You know, he is the Beetlejuice, so... It's... He really is. You can't, you can't really picture that Beetlejuice as somebody else. There are a couple of actors who could kind of do their own thing, but 
Tim Burton, uh, the the Michael Keaton, just he owned it. He really did. Like I, I don't know how you could do better than than he did with uh with Beetlejuice. And but we're gonna try on this episode. No, so, we're not. We're gonna we're gonna schlock our way through this bullshit. That's more likely gonna be the case. So <laughs> for those unfamiliar how we do this, basically we we both come up with uh both a remix version which is more just like a silly take on it it may not may not be totally the same or even in the same universe of the same type of movie just using the movie as kind of a a springboard into some other terrible idea um and then there's a version that it were you we're trying to figure out the best way to adapt uh the movie into a remake or a reboot or something so uh we're each going to get turns to basically four different versions of this movie we're going to come up with by the end of this episode so um we might as well get started. Now, uh, usually how we start is uh, going over if the plot is going to take any different uh, directions than the original. Is this like a true remake where you're really kind of hitting all the notes of the original and just kind of like modernizing the tone or just a new character, a new uh, cast list? Or are you really trying to do something different with this? Um, for both of mine, there are slight twists on the uh, on the plot um but they're kind of organic with the cast that i have picked for both of these uh versions yeah um neither mine are going to be the serious type of this could really be done there's one that's gonna be a little bit more practical than the other well a lot more practical than the other but yeah i this is gonna be interesting to i'd love to hear what you're gonna have to say but this is my list. <laughs> this was kind of tough because, you know, part of the reason why Beetlejuice was so good in the first place is that it is a Tim Burton movie and it feels like a Tim Burton movie. And like a number of other films that we've discussed on Smack My Pitch Up, you can't just get another director to try to do a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. You've got to yeah. let their tone, their their style inform the movie. So yes. it, that's... I don't want it to just be somebody trying to be whimsically dark like Tim Burton. You've got to have their own yeah. tone. So um, as far as a plot goes for me, I'm definitely interested in spending a little bit more time in the uh, afterlife dimensions, whether it be in the desert yeah. with the sandworms or in the basically afterlife DMV. <laughs> it was super fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'd like to explore that a little bit further. Um, I feel like, you know, you could even do two separate movies where you have kind of a adaptation of the original Beetlejuice and then something that is more about the afterlife and the sandworms and the, basically the claymation dune universe that they have yeah. in, uh, in the original. So it's tremors. It's not dune. It's tremors. Yeah. I, I think what I really, what I really want to push through with my, uh, with both my silly version and my, you know, my adaptation that I think could work the best is that Beetlejuice is a menace. You know, they end up kind of coming to terms at the end with the with the yeah. dance number at the end, but this is a depraved lunatic like this undead this is person. not the cartoon version. This is not the cartoon series where him and Lydia are just, well, we're friends now. No, he was a terror. He was not the good guy. Here. Yeah. So I really want to want to push that through a little bit more that, you know, this is a you know, egomaniacal, you know, spirit creature that is terrorizing uh, this this family, and uh, just for fun, for his own shits and giggles, because uh, he got hired by other ghosts that didn't know what they unleashed. This is an, a Pandora's box situation. 
it it really is. Um, I mean, he was. It, this is this is the bad cop who got released back onto the streets. Yeah, right. Didn't so, learn his lesson. <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't want to learn his lesson. No. Yeah, they, they'd like you know we'll pull this guy out when we need to, but otherwise we keep him in a cage. Yeah. So um, I I really wanted to you know the style of the uh, remake or reimagining I guess is probably a better way to put it for mine is definitely informed by the directors which usually tends to be the case uh, for for these and uh, yep. so for for my uh, serious take my my or my take that I think is going to actually work the best I decided to go with um, I'm just going to drop my director now so we can kind of get into it is uh, Brian Taylor. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Brian Taylor, he was the director of uh, Crank 1 and 2, uh, Gamer, Ghost Rider 2, Spirit of Vengeance, and uh, more recently, Mom and Dad, and the series on sci-fi, Happy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Happy was absolutely amazing. It's incredible. And also, Mom and Dad was fantastic. If you haven't had a chance to see it, I thoroughly suggest it. It is demented. And it's more leaning. It's not quite as whimsical as a Tim Burton goes. Um, but it is like egomaniacal, you know, it's, it's very, very much in the same vein as you would, uh, think of happy being in where it's, yeah. it's yeah. cute in this like insane kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, so I think Brian Taylor would be a good choice to like have some in the same ballpark possibly as, uh, as the original, but it's definitely a little bit a little darker, a little edgier than a Tim Burton version. Okay. So you're going to, you're going to have Beetlejuice. That's like truly fucking up this family. Like nobody got seriously injured really in the first one. This is like, they're fighting for their life. I mean, they might die. Really dark. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, there's, there's wounds (laughs) in in this version. (laughs) Um, Somebody's going to need a bandaid. And definitely leaning towards that, like darker, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies where, you know, Freddy comes off as this like lecherous, like creepy sexual monster. Um, I definitely want to have a little bit of that in there as well. Uh, to, to, to just like make, make sure that it's known that even though, even if you're rooting for the antihero, you don't necessarily want them to win because this is a, this is truly a monster. Okay. So you're, you're, you're taking it that route. Okay. So we're, we're having a villain, not an antihero so much. More, more so, yeah. That that yeah. you enjoy. It's kind of like a uh, th- those classic villains that you don't want them to necessarily win, but damn, they're a good time to watch. You yeah. know, that's yeah. that's what I'm aiming for on this one. So, uh, for you, who who are you doing for your your best take? I'm, I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I'm gonna go in a reverse order because I want to use the one I think is really gonna work second. Okay. The whimsical one, the one that I kind of put together because this would just be interesting as hell to watch. Uh, This is more of an old school one. This is set in the very early 60s. Okay. And the director is Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So you're going, you are going zany on this one. A little bit, yes, yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Zany is a very good word for it. Yes. Okay. So, well, then let's let's get into it. If you want to give uh, the listeners an idea of who you're going to cast in this uh, this uh, Mel Brooks property. Okay. Um, 
for those that Mel Brooks, before he did a lot of the movies, he did a lot of television. He did. Um, he helped out with the Dick Van Dyke show. He helped out with Get Smart. So, well, he did Get Smart. Um, so this is the route that I'm seeing him in. Um, for the roles of Adam and Barbara, the the uh, the protagonist ghosts um, who own the house first, I'm going with Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. I think they tripped over the ottoman just one too many times, and that's what caused their death. So you, um, this this whole whimsical approach is that if this was done before Tim Burton was filmmaking when in like mm-hmm. the nineteen sixties when they were like the cream of the crop like funny people at the time, yes. then this yes. is the way you would go. This is what I'm going. With. Okay, like I said, nineteen sixties. If we had if this movie had been done back then, so th- there has to be at least one ottoman tripping moment in Beetlejuice, just as a nod. I think that's how they died. They both tripped over the ottoman. That'd be amazing. I, I don't know how you would get an ottoman on a bridge, how you would justify that. But... I, don't, I don't know. Oh, don't there know. there we go, is that the ottoman falls off the back of a truck, and that's what makes them swerve to go that's off the it. bridge. That's exactly yes. what it is. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke and those damn ottomans. It just it's yeah. Half the people are going, what the fuck is an ottoman? The other half are going, what? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Just, just because I'm old. Um, so I remember in the, the show in this in super fun 1960s. Uh, yes. Like supernatural comedy yes. movie. Um, yes. We've got. So Adam is going to be Dick Van Dyke. You've got yep. Barbara, which is the wife, is uh, Mary Tyler Moore, you said? Yes. Then yes. we've got their daughter, Lydia. I don't have a daughter cast. And I'll explain why in a little bit later. Okay. But I don't have a daughter cast. Well, Actually, I don't. Have a, I don't have a Lydia Deeds in either version. Oh, wow. It's kind of my, that's kind of my twist. I don't have that character. I really don't need it. Okay. Um, she's kind of superfluous a lot of the ways, but yeah, I don't really need her in either version. So you didn't want to even go with like emo dark, uh, like daughter character that befriends the ghost or anything. This is just a full on like mar- newly married couple, like in the house that dies kind of story. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, then, do you have the any uh, relatives involved? Do you have like uh, the Delia or Charles or Otho characters? Oh yeah, I've got all of them. Okay. Well, I have. I don't have a, like a one for one, but I have a cast that I want to stick in the house. Okay. Well, who, who is the cast? Let's go down your list, and then I'll I'll go down with my ideas. Easy enough. It's the cast of Laughing. Wow. So you're just going for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the reason they want everybody. They want the cast out once they've passed because they were kind of starting to be kind of hip in that time. But they were still pretty straight laced. They come back and it's a few years later and the cast of laughing has moved in and they are just going absolutely wild in the house. You know, it's it's Rowan and Martin are in there. Um, but it's the rest of the cast. They're all hippies uh, with the painted faces and dancing around and shit. That's why they want them out of the house. Wow, because they're just too much. They're just too much. Because, yeah, the cast of Laughing is exactly too much. Yes. <laughs> that is very much the case. Yes. Um, okay, so we've got the cast of Laughing. We've got Mary Tyler Moore. We've got uh, Dick Van Dyke. We don't, mm-hmm. do not have a Lydia character. Um, yeah, don't have I, a Lydia. I could see this being like, uh, there's got to be like the all the Laugh-In tropes that kind of get sprinkled in as well. 
Oh yeah, I mean you got Artie Feldman who's who's uh, going to be the ortho type character. Uh, you know, his guys are stupid. You know, that's yeah <laughs> sort of thing. Um, and and Ruth Buzzy and uh, Goldie Hawn and she could be the Lydia if anybody was going to be Lydia, it'd be Goldie Hawn. But yeah, okay, but that's that's what I'm thinking. Now the big one is uh, for Beetlejuice. Do you have a casting? Who do you have playing the ghost with the most? Yes. And in this tone, I needed an actor who was going to be, who could play a little crazy. Fair. Very fair. Peter Sellers. Now that's going to be definitely a different approach to Beetlejuice because there's, there's the zany that Keaton brought to the role, but Peter Mm -hmm. Sellers, although absolutely hilarious definitely mm-hmm. had more of that like british dry kind of approach to things silly as hell sometimes yes but definitely yes. not that darkness that keaton brought to the role no there was no darkness like i said this is gonna be the lighter version uh, the other version to be well i if i wanted to go dark and this was almost my thinking at the time i was gonna instead of the cast of laughing it would have been the manson family <laughs> okay wow and wow. I didn't want to go that dark. <laughs> I, I really did not want to go that dark with this version. So I went, like I said, with the cast laughing. But you got Peter Sellers, who was Inspector Clouseau, who was in uh, 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 the, the How I Le- How I, the Doctor Strange Love. That's mm-hmm. the movie I'm thinking about. You know, and just that he could be just that outside of crazy. Sure. Yeah, definitely. play that role. That like manic to the point of being scary. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You can do it. Damn. So okay, you're you're doing like nineteen sixties like dance party like craziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I also have the caseworker, uh Grace. Ah, yes, yes. And who do you have for Grace? The only woman who could have played this role. Betty White. Oh, Betty White. Yes, Betty White is the only woman who could play that role at the time. I mean, she was would have been absolutely perfect. And this, if it was set set in the sixties with people from the sixties playing the roles, this is like not young, young Betty White, but definitely much younger Betty White. Well, yeah, much younger. <laughs> yeah, she could. Hell, she could play the role now. Yeah, but yeah, definitely she could do it from back then too. Sure, definitely. All right. Well, I'm gonna break down my uh, Brian Taylor version of this and now this is definitely in this in the same style of like mom and dad and the crank movies and happy where it's super over the top it's like wild physics don't exist it's just going full (laughs) force crazy on this Uh one so for uh adam the one of the uh of the main couple uh that Mm. originally played by alec baldwin uh, I'm going with an actor who is absolutely hilarious, but also can get very serious and uh, do dramatic acting very well. I think is an incredible actor that I'd love to see in a bunch of stuff. Um, you've known from Ant-Man 1 and 2, Chips, and End of Watch, Michael Pena. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's done a serious role here and there. Definitely, and he's knocked it out of the park. But also, his comedic timing is absolutely incredible, and I think he's able to do that subtle kind of approach to it that it would be perfect for that role as Adam where he, he's not going full zany. Yeah. And that's yeah. why, that's why I don't have like a Seth Rogen or even like a Chris Pratt in there. I wanted somebody that could just have rain it in or even just with like facial expressions, be able to kind of crack people up and Pena has got that in spades. So yeah. um, I definitely think he's going to be able to have some fun in that role. And then you've got the, uh, the wife 
uh, of uh, of Adam Barbara, and I wanted uh, an actress that could definitely play like the strong woman role, but also one that you know has a, of that like I guess feminine softness that can come across when necessary as well. Um, this is an actress that is uh, a true badass in a number of her roles, but also is like stunning. Uh, could I, I there's nuances to some of her portrayals that uh, that I think would be interesting and would kind of modernize the character of Barbara because Barbara is a stronger female character in the original, but she's a little bit um, two dimensional. Like there's not a whole lot developed of her character. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wanted to have somebody that just kind of has a, a presence to them that would inform the character just in its own right. And so for Michael Pena as Adam, for Barbara, I've got Zoe Saldana. Uh, you may know as uh, yeah. from Guardians of the Galaxy and Avatar and fucking everything. Uh, she's been yeah. in everything. Uh, she's she's stunning. She's uh, got just this energy about her that immediately catches your attention. She's got chops. Yeah. No, diff- no doubt about it. She's definitely got chops. And uh, for Lydia, I did go with Lydia, and I wanted to kind of modernize the sad goth daughter trope mm-hmm. that was Winona Ryder. That's a Winona Ryder thing. I want it to be a Winona Ryder thing, but mm-hmm. a modern take on that where you still have notes of that, but it doesn't go into that like late eighties, early nineties goth kid kind of tone is yeah. I decided to give a shot to Billie Eilish as Lydia. Really? Yeah. Uh, the age is about right for the character. Yeah. Yeah. And also like she doesn't have to be like this sad poetry writing type person. She could be uh, a singer songwriter type that is working on stuff and just kind of have her as like uh, somebody trying to get, you know, put some tracks down on YouTube and Spotify for people <laughs> to listen to. Yeah. And could pick up maybe ghost sounds and stuff on her electronics she uses for recording. And that's what ends up turning her on to maybe there's something happening in the house. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the way that she, instead of the camera going around and picking up, she uses her recording equipment for being an artist to like pick up where ghosts might be in the house kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and then we've got the relatives. We've got Delia. And mm-hmm. uh, that's a character that is hilarious and uh, also terrible, a terrible person. And yeah. I think an actress that has worked with this uh, director before on Mom and Dad that I think could nail that role is uh, Selma Blair. You may know her from Mom and Dad, or she yeah. was the the fire chick the in Hellboy. Hellboy, yeah. yeah. And uh, she, yeah, she's she's got that look where she could definitely go like bitchy, but also yeah. it's it's that fun bitchy where you're not like you don't hate her. She's yeah. fun to watch being terrible. So Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And also having worked with the director before and having seen her in Mom and Dad, she goes for it super hard in Mom and Dad. So I'm I know that she would just be able to have fun with that role. And then as the uh husband to Selma Blair, I decided to go with uh as known from Happy and Law and Order and Wet Hot American Summer, Christopher yeah. Maloney. <laughs> yep. Christopher Maloney as uh, Charles. Oh, and everything else too, yeah. Yeah, and I could see him as the frustrated husband that, you know, is just kind of dejected okay. and and yeah. pissed off and drinks too much and is just like just kind of doesn't give a shit and because he's not listened to anyway I, I think that would be a lot of fun yeah then we've got otho 
who is one of my favorite characters in the entire movie. <laughs> He's a pure treasure. And somebody I think could really do Otho proper justice, especially in a like super balls to the wall version is uh, Billy Eckner. If you don't know him, he's Billy on the street. He was in Parks and Recs for a little bit. Um, he was in Neighbors too. Huge personality that he is. Ba- he is basically Otho. If you um, if Otho wasn't so pretentious, <laughs> like yeah, uh, yeah. So it's just uh, he would be able to turn it up to eleven, which that character needs because that character chews so much fucking scenery. Oh god, it would be so much fun to watch Billy do the thing. And then the big move for Beetlejuice for the ghost with the most we need uh, somebody that's going to be able to go buck fucking wild in uh, this style, Brian Taylor. So I want to see what Nicholas cage can do as Beetlejuice (laughs) (laughs) and just let him, yeah, let him go fully loose on the roll. Just imagine like nice fucking model, just going for the roll hard. And just like Nicolas Cage's face on the the like black oh, and white striped snake oh Beetlejuice, and it would be <laughs> tear jerkingly funny to watch him just go for it as Beetlejuice. Oh, oh man, that hurts. It it's it's terrible, but also kind of brilliant at the same time. That like yeah. he would be a mess. He would be a full mess in the role. But yeah, you, and then you'd get him on screen. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so I think I would just, I really want to see Nicolas Cage just play Beetlejuice. I think it would be too much fun. Uh, I think everyone's a winner in that regard. I, I, yeah. Now, we've we've also got our other versions. You've got your, your real take on it. Yeah. And uh, I've got my different take on it. Yes. So for your real take, who do you have directing that bad boy? This is going to give a little bit of a way. Brian Henson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. I'm going complete Muppets. A Muppet Beetlejuice. A Muppet Beetlejuice. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> no, you're not. You're sorry. It's like, oh, God. With a movie like this, as outlandish as it is, you have to take something that's going to be just as outlandish. You're, and I, you're saying like, if somebody came up to me and said, do you want to watch a Muppet version of Beetlejuice? Like I would say, no, I'd say, yes. Do I bring popcorn? Of course, of course it, I'm going to want to yeah. see a Muppet Beetlejuice. Yes. Yeah. I, and that this is the version I'm, I went with um, for the Adam and Barbara. Of course, you've got permanent Miss Piggy. Okay. You have to go that role. I like that your casting isn't like, actors playing the Muppet roles of themselves in it. It's like actual yes. Muppets that are playing the roles of the characters. Yeah. In... Be- because they're going to be the Kermit and Miss Piggy version yeah. of these two characters. They're go- You're not going to have the wallflower uh, of, 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 uh, Gilbert, Gloria, the shit, Gilbert, the play, the actress who played the original. Oh, uh, that was uh, Gina, uh, Gina Davis. Gina Davis, yeah. Gina Davis. You're not going to have that kind of. You're going to have the Miss Picky version of a. You know, she's going to she's going to get pissed occasionally. Yeah. Um. So you. So yes, while it's going to be these, it's going to be these characters, these these Muppets versions of them. So. 
Okay. So you're going to have them. So uh, who do you got for Beetlejuice in this uh, Muppet caper? Well, the only way to 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 um, the only way to get this character out is to say Waka Waka Waka. You got <laughs> you got Fozzie Bear. Oh no! <laughs> oh, yes. No. Yes. <laughs> so we're gonna I was see... gonna go Gonzo with that, but it was the, just the fact that you've got Fozzie Bear. And you have to call him by going waka waka waka. That was just it was too perfect. I just see like Fozzie Bear covered in spikes, like doing the dance going up to the whorehouse, you know? That's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not terrorizing people, he's just telling bad jokes that everybody wants to leave. Yeah, no, that I mean that is one way to get people to leave a room. <laughs> I should know, uh <laughs> when it comes to bad jokes. He was done stand up. Um yeah. <laughs> now like the previous version that I did, instead of having, uh, I want a whole cast to move in. I've got Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So the band is moving in. And the, the whole, everybody is just moving in. And that's why they miss Piggy and Kermit want him to go. Wow. Okay. I'm into so, it. So, um, and, um, and just animals going crazy and doing and the other character I have is the case manager and that's going to be Gonzo because we got him in and get him in there somewhere and yeah Gonzo um, Gonzo's my personal favorite Muppet so yeah. I'm I'm down for him to have a you know a specific role in this yeah and of course you got Rizzo helping him out of course okay, yeah. yeah you got Gonzo that, that's who the uh, the um, secretary is it's Rizzo Nice. Okay. I'm into it. <laughs> so that is my version. I I definitely would see a Muppet version of Beetlejuice. There would be nothing I mean, that could stop me. I mean, they, they did Muppet Treasure Island, for fuck's sake. You yeah. can do Muppet. You can do Muppet Beetlejuice. They did Muppet Wizard of Oz when Disney first bought Jim Henson's Creature yeah. Workshop, and yeah. that shit was f- terrible. <laughs> terrible. It's featuring Brandy as uh, a... Yeah. As the like the one not Muppet character in there, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think if if they did that, they can do Beetlejuice, and you know, also I think Jim Henson's Creature Workshop, and I think Brian Henson, um, who I believe passed recently, I think uh, he did too. Yeah, uh, but they well, worked. They worked on the film. What is it? The Happy Town Murders or something? Yeah. Yes. They were yeah, involved. They it, did. it wasn't specifically a Creature Workshop film. But yeah. they did work on it, and that was way more depraved than the Beetlejuice would be. <laughs> so it, I, there is a po- – I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, really. And the one character I just I just thought of would be perfect. Instead of the sta- sandworms, you get Snuggums. Which one is Snuggums? The big, hairy one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's Instead of the sandworms, you get him. Nice. <laughs> I'm into it. I am into it. All right, so I got my weird take on this that I want to get into as well now. And this uh-huh. one, I wanted to go a totally different direction where this is not a comedy at all. Okay. Um, I wanted to really kind of lean into this being a supernatural movie. Okay. And I wanted to think about what it would be like if Beetlejuice was done almost like the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street was done, where you take all the whimsy and silliness out of it and you try to make it really dark and like 
atmospheric. Uh-huh. Uh, where it's just, it's really a haunting movie instead of a, a horror comedy or whatever you want to call it. It is straight yeah. up like a haunting movie. And the person that you really need to put in charge when you're talking about possessions or, uh, or hauntings in that manner is going to be James Wan, uh, who you may know as the director of Saw, Insidious 1-2, Conjuring 1-2, Aquaman 1-2, uh, now 2, which I guess is in production. Um, mm. So I'm thinking more of it like as in the tone of insidious or as uh, in the conjuring of doing Beetlejuice that way, which is a terrible idea. That's kind of the point. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a horrible idea. The thing that makes, it's, it's... take all the things that make Beetlejuice good and just pull it right out of the film. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, then you have, which this... is what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what's going to happen if they remake Beetlejuice anyway. Yeah. So, so my cast list, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time. This is a lot of people that have worked with James Wan in the past. Um, for Adam, the clear choice is Patrick Wilson. He was in Conjuring 1 and 2, Insidious. He was in Aquaman even. So he's worked with this director a lot. So it makes sense that he could absolutely play the Alec Baldwin character in this. Yeah. Uh, he, he would nail that no problem. I, I think that's, even if it was a different director doing it, I think that wouldn't be a bad choice for that character. Okay. Then you've got uh, for the wife, Barbara, um, to go with uh, Patrick Wilson, I've got a slightly lesser known actress, but you may know her as Mia from the Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, Jordana Brewster is is her name. And uh, I think she would be kind of fun. She she's <laughs> Yeah, no fair. Um, the first few Fast and the Furious movies are pure trash and not that fun type. It's bad. Uh, the later ones, I think five on, they are so buck wild over the top. And uh, James Wan actually directed, I think, seven, Fast and Furious seven. So he's had some interaction with uh, yeah. with Jordana Brewster. So that would be a, a way in for her in this role. Then in uh, in the role of Lydia, again, I don't want to go with the trope of like the goth teenager thing. It's it's such a stereotype and it really isn't necessarily always the case now. You've got like so many different subgenres of sad teenager that you can just take your pick on it. Yeah. And there's an actress that is around the, around the right age. She's incredible. She can play, you know, haunted, pun intended. Uh, and uh, she can also play like, you know, dark and but also just doesn't have that classic 90s goth teenager look. Um, and I think it's kind of important to differentiate. And it's more the that the weird and the weird and unexplainable thing that's talked about in the movie is why Lydia can see the ghosts isn't because you're a goth kid. It's because you've, you're fucked up in one way or another. Yeah. And uh, I think the actress uh, Sophia Lillis would do well. She's from the first It um, remake as the ginger okay. ginger girl in it. Okay. Um, she's in the new series on Netflix. I am not okay with this. And she was actually in a Nancy Drew movie uh, recently in the, in the past few years as Nancy Drew. So um, she's a great actress. Uh, acts well past her age. Um, as far as like her talent is super, you wouldn't expect that from someone her age. Uh, and experience. Yeah. And so I think she'd be able to bring a lot of nuance to the character, uh, especially in a role where you're playing it seriously. I think it would, it would be uh, interesting to see just this like freckled ginger, like teenage daughter in this really dark circumstance. So because the, the darkness that Lydia portrayed, uh, it was the, the light. Well, that's that the movie itself has that dark tone. So you don't need a, a character that also has yeah. that dark tone. You need that contrast. So 
um, the movie itself is goth. Yeah. So you don't want a goth character in the goth movie because then it doesn't have any contrast to yeah, it. Yeah. So, so um, it just they're gonna they're gonna stick in. They're gonna blend. Yeah. So the, I think it's just more interesting to see a character like uh, that would like you know Sophia Lillis would play uh, as that character. Then we've got uh, Delia, the uh, terrible artist that moves in. Um, that is going to be uh, Catherine Keener is going to be playing that role. She was from 40-Year-Old Virgin, from Captain Phillips. She was in Bad Grandpa. She's been in a million things. But uh, she was the main love interest in 40-Year-Old Virgin is what a lot of people know her from. Uh, okay, yeah. And uh, she's absolutely able to carry a scene on our own without any help. Like she, she can absolutely command a room. Uh, she has a commanding presence to a degree, but also there can be there. It's not, it's, she's not a one trick pony. She can be nuanced. She can be yeah. uh, insightful and thoughtful, and then she can go big if she wants to. So I think she would be able to really nail that. Like not total bitch. Like they kind of portrayed uh, Delia in the first movie, but more just like very, self-informed um like has mind made up about stuff has a s expectation of the things in her life kind of approach self-assured self-assured and selfish maybe where definitely okay. wants things right. her way but but not necessarily just like reactive you know like the, the, she was in the first one um and then we've got okay. Char charles the husband and i want somebody that can play just kind of like a little bit of a broken man but also has a little bit of a creepy tone to them as well so we got to go with willem dafoe in that role oh, is that alcoholic dejected, uh, like just wow. disconnected husband that comes into this thing. It's just not, not even mentally there for most of it. Yeah. That's, that's if, if William Defoe is going to be one of the straight characters, you have a twisted story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm aiming for. Yeah. And then we've got, uh, Otho, the character of Otho and, uh, I actually did a gender switch here, uh, so it could be like Ophelia or Ofo or something like that. You yeah. know, you'd play with it a little bit. But uh, there's an actress that has blown me away in uh, Dolomite Is My Name is Lady Reed. She was also basically Jack Black's character in the series of High Fidelity that just released on Hulu. Mm -hmm. um, is uh, Divine Joy Randolph. She's basically... It, she's actually a little bit darker in uh, Dolomite is my name where she's got a lot of like tragic past stuff that goes on, has a chip on her shoulder, isn't like zany necessarily, yeah. um, but has those moments when she comes out, uh, you know, when she's able to like feel comfortable in, in the situation. And then you've got in High Fidelity where she is buck wild. She's she's doing full sassy black woman's character in uh, High mm -hmm. Fidelity. So. I've seen her do nuance and I've seen her go big. And I think with the Otho character in this style, you need somebody that can be zany in moments because that is the character, but also can pull it back. So I think she'd be a lot of fun in that role. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. and, oh, and then you, you, your Beetlejuice. Yeah. Beetlejuice is the big one. Um, and I mean, you can't really do better than Nicolas Cage, but for this version, I wanted actually the character to come off as just fully fucking creepy. That's the whole motive is just, this is a full on like terrifying these people and a uh, actor that has worked with uh, the director, uh, James Wan, a, num a, a number of times, um, whether he was a producer or a director is Tobin Bell from the saw days. He is, oh, he yeah. is jigsaw. So uh, you get, do you think he could do, 
Well, he's not he's not going to be zany, but that again, this yeah. is like basically the conjuring version of Beetlejuice. So you can have him just be like, you know, nice fucking model, you know, where he's yeah. more in, intense and and creepy and not necessarily like wee. So yeah. Uh, so Tobin Bell is my choice for Beetlejuice. Now, for those watching, um, if if anybody out there in Internet Land is watching, um, if you have some ideas for mashups that we could do for Beetlejuice, where uh, uh, we take a property and we mash it up in the Beetlejuice universe, then uh, feel free to to type it out in the comments. Um, let us know what you want to do. But uh, Bruce, do you have any ideas for things that might be interesting to include in a Beetlejuice film? I mean, like universes and whatnot. Universes uh, or movies, characters from movies, that kind of thing. Not. Not really. I mean, I had a an idea about taking this to like a Mork and Mindy type of thing. Okay. Um, where you have Beetlejuice and the Robin Williams coked up crazy as hell Mork against you know kind of playing off each other. Yeah, definitely. I thought it would be interesting to see what the Ghostbusters could do in a Beetlejuice movie. <laughs> yeah. Because there, there's segments where they're trying to figure out what exactly to do with this haunting. And so if part of it is that, and not even like a huge part, you can even have it as a cameo. You have like the Ghostbusters come in to try to bust some ghosts and they yeah. get fully wrecked by Beetlejuice. Like fully just taken to task by Beetlejuice where you see I mean, them like, like they didn't Casper, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Dan Aykroyd is just running out of the house going, who are you going to call? Somebody else. Yep. And <laughs> You do like, you're on your own. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. That, or you do uh, The Frighteners, with uh, <laughs> where you've got uh, Michael J. Fox and his cast of ghost characters that come in, and the ghosts yeah. just kind of like team up against all the, all the uh, living humans would wow. be kind of interesting. Fucked up. Yeah, that could be a little bit dark, but I think it would be fun. Oh, oh, I just got one. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo would be an absolute amazing. Scooby Doo meets Beetlejuice would be such a fun yes. crossover. Oh my god. Yes, absolutely. Um, in the same vein, because there was a crossover with Scooby Doo, if there was a supernatural and Beetlejuice mm -hmm. crossover, that would be a ton of fun. Yeah, that I, I would definitely see. I have not seen enough Supernatural to know how that would cross over, but I have seen enough Scooby Doo. Yeah, <laughs> and nobody's pulling. I can see them pull the face off, and something just mad. The face comes off, and it's that scary scene that everybody freaks out on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they put them back on them. <laughs> nice. So I, I think that's good for. I think anything where there's like investigating a haunting, you could have involved in in Beetlejuice as even a cameo or something. You could have like a scene where they're trying to like call people to get, you know, a, a priest to come in and you can have like an exorcist crossover, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And just have like a yeah. montage of different people, you know, Scooby-Doo gang, the Ghostbusters, you know, the Supernatural crew or people that are clearly a knockoff of those characters that are coming in to yeah. like f deal with it. The Omen or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a, a great little like pop culture nod in the middle of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So now we're getting to the end of the episode. And as we do towards the end of the episode, there's the trailers that we do where we oh, play music and, yeah. and do a trailer for one of our versions. Now <laughs> I definitely want to do the, 
balls to the wall Brian Taylor version of oh, it for mine. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I know what track I'm gonna use for for mine. Uh, which version are you think? Are you doing Muppets? Are you doing uh, are you doing your uh 1960s? I, 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 I gotta do the Muppets. Okay. I gotta do the Muppets version. Um, so okay. it's gonna be a little more upbeat. Okay. Um, I am gonna. Okay, I'm gonna just go ahead and just pick music for us, um, yeah, and just, we just wing it. Uh, so I'll go ahead and go first, and we can uh, see how this works. So here we go. Uh, this is my Brian Taylor, director of uh, of Happy and Crank One and Two, and Mom and Dad, uh, his version of Beetlejuice. So here we go. The Ghost with the Most is back with a brand new bag. Coming this summer is a totally new take on a 1980s Tim Burton classic, Beetlejuice. Join Adam and Barbara as they find their new life in the afterlife. When they've had enough of new guests that come into the house, they call who anybody would, Nicholas Cage. Cage goes full cage rage as he tries to take out Delia, Charles, and Lydia as they try, as the new tenants of the house. Nicholas Cage as the Beetlejuice worm will haunt your dreams. Coming this summer, Michael Pena as Adam, and Zoe Saldana as Barbara. Featuring Billie Eilish as Lydia with an original track called I Ain't Afraid of No Cage. <laughs> Delia played by Selma Blair and Christopher Maloney featured as Charles with a special appearance by Billy Eichner as Otho. You, if you like Beatles and you like Juice, then make sure you come to the theaters this summer for Beetlejuice. So that's what I got. Uh, <laughs> Truly to be taken seriously trailer there. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. that's right, right to go on Netflix right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're going to be doing Muppets. Yeah. God. All right. So I'm going to find some fun music for you here. Um, uh, we'll find out together what this. I labeled something existential indie. So let's let's see what that that music sounds like. This is a vidcast. You can see this face, right? Yeah, right. What? <laughs> so here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. At least it's not Bollywood. Where are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, th- this is not going to be a three and a half hour trailer. All right, here we go. <laughs> Walk up, walk up. Yes, Fozzie Bear 
have steel juice. Going to a theater that you can't go to. <laughs> nice, damn. You had to rub it in right at the end there. Like, coming to a theater that no one will be at. No movie! (laughs) It's at a theater. Right now, you can't go to it, though. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, we have definitely terrorized uh, our audience and uh, this movie enough for one evening. So (laughs) I want to thank uh, the Bruce, um, the the Bruce of GY Precap for coming out. Um, and, and joining us for this one, I, uh, I appreciate that. Like how it's been, what, like three years since you've been doing like the, pre- four. or four, is it four, four years? Four years. Holy yeah, shit. You've been doing your show for a year when I started mine. Damn. Yeah. That's, kidding. that's insane. So you're a, about four year anniversary for a precap. Uh, it will be in May. Yeah. Wow. In May. It's four years. Uh, smack my pitch up. It just uh, celebrated it's, uh, or yeah, I think actually the same day as our five-year anniversary for Geeks Under the Influence, it'll be our two-year anniversary here at Smack My Pitch Up. Wow, so yeah. um, all these shows, it's amazing how long they've been running, um, especially the side shows that we did just for shits and giggles as another little project have now been on for a couple of years. So, well, nobody's canceled us. Yeah, well, luckily, <laughs> who's gonna? <laughs> it's a great thing about podcasting. Who's gonna cancel you? Um, so I appreciate the precap, man, and and like happy like early four year anniversary on that. That's great. That can be found Thanks. on our main Geeks Under the Influence stream every Monday. Um, it's a little uh, five eh, five six minute usually, yeah. uh, kind of information about what's coming in the next week on you know s- streaming or television, and you know sometimes movie theaters when that's a thing. Eh, when it's a thing. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for coming on Smack My Pitch Up. We're I hopefully we're gonna be able to get you on the Geeks Under the Influence show that we're recording on Sunday as well. Hopefully, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works. Yeah, because I, unfortunately, I had to go to a friend's house to record this episode because the internet in my house is absolutely horrible. Um, Dial-up is faster than what I have. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate your efforts here. I appreciate everybody that tuned in to listen to this episode and watch this episode on on streaming. Um, and uh, we'll find you next time. Uh, we are Geeks on the Influence Network, and this is Smack My Pitch Up. And uh, you just got pitch smacked. And normally I would just play the music, but I yeah. didn't have it in the right folder, so <laughs> just pretend like there's just no pause in between me saying the tagline at the end and where the outro comes in. Right, let me here's here's the outro. Okay, and like yeah, this is this is Smack My Pitch Up, and we did stuff about Beetlejuice. And uh, and so, just you, just got pitch smacked. Guipodcast.com. <laughs>